everybody, I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitello. And this is Other People's right. Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. Just a housekeeping matter, too, before we get this thing rolling. This podcast is available just about anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even put these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But no matter how you check this show out, show it some love. Give it that like. Give it a comment. Give it that five-star review on the iTunes. Helps the algorithms from each respective network find more awesome people who are very much like you. So with all that out of the way, our awesome guest today from Lincoln Technical Institute is Frank Galindo. Frank, say hi, let the audience hear your voice. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you all. Thank you so much for the introduction. I, I butted in a little too early before I don't, I kind of caught myself. That's okay. Oh, Here okay. I am. Here I am, for real, introducing <laughs> myself. Welcome. <laughs> great to have you. Yes. All right. So today's icebreaker, what are you currently binging? It could be books, movies, TV, food, music. Uh, who wants to go first? I could go first. All right. I, um, I did the, and forgive me if I get this title wrong because it's super weird, but it's the woman across the street from the girl in the window. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I call it the the woman across the street who drinks too much. That's my affection. Yeah, that's probably show. a better title. for. In fact, if they wind up doing more seasons, that's probably a better title to stick with for uh, the rest of the series. But yeah, that's Absolutely. what I did. Yeah. I, I, um, I quit oh, go that. ahead. No, no. no I, I quit it. So tell me why you liked it. What yeah. made you like it enough to finish it? Well, first of all, I thought it was a movie. Like when I when I saw it promoted to me on the Prime, I, I can't remember if it was Prime or Netflix, Netflix, whatever it was, Netflix, yeah. I thought it was just like a one and done kind of a two hour movie. And I had a couple hours to myself. So I was like, you know, I'll throw this on. I got to tell you, there are very, 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 very few things that Kristen Bell has done that I don't like. So this was going to be like yeah. a clear winner. Um, it's, it's in that, um, domestic thriller subgenre, yep. um, housewives at home solving mysteries. And, uh, it's more of a parody of it than anything else. And I don't, I liked it just enough to watch it all the way through. Once I figured out it was, I don't know, not a movie. It was eight, I don't know, 30 <laughs> minute episodes. I, I went through the whole thing. It was fine. I would not want to see a second season made. I think what they did was fine in and of itself. You know, there were some humorous moments. I, it's very surreal. It's got that, a special brand of humor. A lot of times on this show, we talk about stuff and we say, you should all go run out and check it out. <laughs> this is not that. This is, this is not for everybody. I think, you know, either in the first episode or two, really just the first episode, you're going to see what they're going for and you're either going to be on board or you're not. And if you're not, don't give it another one. Just stop. So. And we that's really honest. good advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. Cause I kept going thinking, I'm just not getting this. I just don't understand what, what's happening. And then I got to, I think I got as deep as episode four. And after episode three, I texted you and I was like, what am I watching? Are you watching this? What the, he what is this? And you said what you just said. Yeah. And I gave it one more episode. And then I was like, I'm done. I'm out. I can't. You threw in the towel after that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Have you seen it, Frank? No, no. I binge watch whatever my wife is binge watching. I just kind of tag along. I'm not much sure. of a TV person. I'm a movie person. Yeah. But um, God, what we've binge watched, Switched at Birth, 
up until the oh, end. I of love Switch to Burn. That is an oldie yes. but a goodie. Yeah. Wow. And it's funny you say oldie but goodie. Say never know when these things came out. Like um, the one with um, with uh, uh, Eugene Levy and his son and and um, Shit's Creek. Like Shit's Ted. Creek. Yes, yes, yeah. Shit's Creek. My wife started watching that. I was like, oh, what is this? And I thought it was new. Apparently, it wasn't new. But then the buzz started to happen. We were watching it, and I thought it was funny as heck. I love Catherine O'Hara. She's my favorite oh, yeah. on the show. The, the chemistry okay. between her and Eugene Levy's character was amazing. And and then, you know, we watched it all the way to the end and it was neat. And then we're like, oh, look, it's it's a thing, right? It, it, it got awards and everything. So okay. it was, it definitely earned them because like I said, I, I love the show. But yeah, I'll watch whatever she's watching and just kind of keep going right now. She's watching a Jenny Rivera um, documentary series, docu-series, I think it's called. <laughs> So yeah, whatever she's watching, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I hang on. Some I, I, some I can stand. Like Shit's Creek, got into it, <laughs> loved it, pushed it birth, loved it, watched it. Um, even Parenthood, I think, which used to be on TV, at one point we binge watched the whole um, series, right? Yeah. But the Jenna Rivera one that she's watching now, I just kind of like read something until I fall asleep. <laughs> That's, That's okay. a uh, messing around on the okay. phone while the whole thing's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. that's pretty much it. Good for you. Good for How you. about you? Uh, the Gilded Age on HBO, which the name is totally deceiving because when I saw it, I was like, a documentary about the Gilded Age? This is going to, I don't know. But no, it's totally um, written and created, produced by the guy who did Downton Abbey. So it's fun and soapy and you know silly and dramatic like drama queen stuff um so that part's the writing is fine i'm just gonna say that the writing is fine the clothes are sumptuous the hats the the houses it is a feast for the eyes i'm just gonna say that it is beautiful to watch so yeah I remember when you were um, talking about the marvelous Miss Maisel, you were uh, yeah. you were all about the clothes. I remember that, like you were like, people, the clothes are amazing. <laughs> the wardrobe is insane. I mean, okay, actually, can we talk about Maisel for a second? Season four is coming out. I don't know next week momentarily. Oh wow. Yeah, I am so indifferent. The only reason I'm gonna watch is to is to see the clothes, honestly. But the <laughs> <laughs> the storylines, the last couple of seasons, I'm so like. Ugh, what is that about? Oh, oh, go ahead. You oh. describe this a lot better than I do. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so it's about this woman um, who's married to this guy, and they've got two kids. They live on like the Upper West Side. The apartment is gorgeous. Okay, and the the husband. It's set in the '60s, right, Vinny? It's the yeah. '60s. Yeah. Let me ask you that. Yeah. So um, the husband is trying really hard to be a stand-up comic in in his spare time, and she's really supportive. Like she she always makes a pot roast, and they they bring it to the village. They take a cab all the way from the Upper West Side into the village, and she brings this pot roast in order to bribe the stage guy to get him better time <laughs> on the stage. And uh, one night he bombs so badly that he sulks the whole way home in the cab, and when they get home, he leaves her. And she is wow. stunned. She is so stunned that she gets raging drunk, gets back into another cab, drives back down to the club, and wanders up on stage and does like a killer set of comedy. And <laughs> she is suddenly a stand-up comedian, way better than he ever, ever, ever could be. 
she gets an agent that night and suddenly she's this in the 1960s when women like kind of weren't allowed to do some of that stuff right, right. Yeah. she gets to hang out with like lenny bruce she gets and... arrested like that night like that's how <laughs> crazy her so good she is her yeah. act is on fire that night i would say yeah. she gets arrested for public indecency yeah <laughs> all right i can see where that's going yeah yeah it went that first season is gold it's just comedy gold it's fantastic if you yeah but season two and season three were fine and oh. uh, i saw the trailer the shark it kind of i wouldn't say it jumped the shark it's just it it has a hard time living up to how good the first season was mm, yeah. the bar was um, too high you know like yeah. the 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 story of how you become this great stand-up comedian is probably a lot more interesting than the story of how you continue to be this great stand-up comedian you know right, um yeah right. so anyway that was anyway a hole. speaking Sorry. of gold tell me about lincoln tech <laughs> lincoln tech well lincoln technical institute lincoln tech has been around for 75 years as of last year celebrating 75 years of training we were founded actually in newark new jersey in 1946, at uh, the end of World War II. So as veterans came back from the war, they needed to get retraining, get back into the field, as, as many do now. Uh, but back then, you know, well, what do we do? Uh, a trade. So back then it was diesel training and HVAC training. So training World War II veterans to get back into the workforce. And ever since then, we've just expanded our, our footprint. We're in 22 campuses in 14 states. We do more than diesel and HVAC now. It's automotive, it's CNC, it's medical assistant, practical nursing. So it's career training is what Lincoln Technical Institute is all about. High school students are adults changing careers. We see that whenever there's a, a recession or with, with what just happened with the pandemic with a lot of folks kind of losing their jobs and going in for retraining. So we're there to help support them, help support the community, help support the professionals who are looking to make a change you know, people just now, especially they're like, well, you know what? I've always wanted to be a caregiver to heck with my office job. And so they go and they, they do that. You know, it's short term pro program training, which is good. You don't have to be stuck there for three, four or five years. You're in and out in less than a year for the most part. So it's Incredible. good stuff. That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Wow. And you're in 14 states? Yes, 14 states, 22 campuses. And I've been with them for 20 years, actually, February February 1st was my 20th uh, anniversary with them. So Happy anniversary. That's incredible. So it's been a fun ride. Yeah, I'm their AVP of PR now. I was in marketing and advertising in the beginning, went to compliance and regulatory, which gave me a completely different perspective on the business. And uh, that kind of parlayed into where I am now in uh, public relations space. So that plus my volunteer work is always fun. It, 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 um, it melds well together. So yeah. I don't feel out of my comfort zone either one. How many students would you say go through your doors in a year? In a year, goodness, uh, about, is it 2,000 or so? Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of students, a lot of, yeah, a lot of training that takes place. So last year I was in charge of getting all elected officials out to the schools. You know, don't forget uh, that we're here. Some of them, it's just kind of like they drive by the building and they don't realize. And that happened to me in a couple of states. Like, wow, I had no idea who you guys were. Or I've seen the building, but I didn't know what you did. So for me, it was the engagement, right? Mm -hmm. Get them back in and remember, hey, we're here. This is what we do. And, and this is how important we are to business, local business and industry. We have really great partnerships and they've only just expanded because so fewer people are going into the trades, whether it's us or another organization that does what we do. Everyone's going to a four-year college, right? 
and that's fine uh, for those who, who want to go in that direction. But for those that don't, they, they come to us. But since so many folks are getting pushed to four-year colleges or encouraged to go to four-year colleges, there's been a, a significant dip, right? Finding automotive technicians, uh, plumbers, electricians, and those kinds of folks, it's, it's tough. So, you know, there's always a need, which is a good thing. And it's it's great work and it pays off. I mean, I got to tell you, um, when you're in need of someone who can do a trade, you usually money is kind of no object. <laughs> like, you know, I, uh, I, I remember our, our heater went and, I, you know, my wife was going off to work and I had to, you know, um, have the people come in. And I remember stopping her at the door and being like, hey, wait, before you go what's the what's the roof like what's the maximum amount if they give me a number and say like this is what it's going to cost to fix this thing and she's like Vinny, it's the dead of winter whatever they ask for you're paying it like that's right. what clicked in my mind i went into the wrong industry yeah right exactly it's, it's like the same thing when you're stranded you, you mentioned automotive like when you're stranded yeah. on the side of the road it's whatever yeah. it costs you know save me yeah. whatever whatever it takes and so. i feel like not everybody should go to a four-year college, but you're right. So many guidance counselors push kids into some kind of four-year degree when they would be much more successful at a Lincoln Tech learning a trade. Um, I, I, I mean, I know many people in my life who should not have been pushed, whose parents wasted a good two years worth of tuition before they were like, I'm done. <laughs> Don't right. care what you think. <laughs> and not only did their parents waste that tuition, but they then had to figure out what comes next. And if somebody hadn't said, you know, well, th have you thought about a trade? Have you thought about this? Who knows if they would have made it, you know? Right. I love cars. I would have been an auto technician. So, so quick story. I was one of those people. My mother, I'm the first generation in this country. Right? My mother and father came here in the 60s from Ecuador, met here, but they were from the same small town. But they really met here. Uh, and got married and, and then uh, here I came along. And so eventually my mom wanted me to become a mechanical engineer. Um, just because again, first generation, and I don't know where she got that from. I still haven't even, I have to ask her the question now that we're talking about it. Why did you want me to become a mechanical engineer? What was the fixation with that? So she had me apply to a bunch of different schools. I got into NGIT and I, I was never really good at math, you know, uh, math and, and, and science. And I guess the things that you really need to be good at, <laughs> I was not good at, but it was just her, her, her um, you know, her vision and, and her mission to get me to do that. Needless to say, I got into NGIT. I just wasn't hacking it in the proper classes to go in that route. So I ended up graduating from there with a bachelor's in um, business administration. Uh, went to work for Lincoln Tech eventually, right? Kind of fast forward there a little bit. And the first thing I had to do was shop schools because nobody knew who I was. So they're like, ooh, can you go in and shop? Let's make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, handing out the right marketing materials and whatnot. So the one of the first schools I went to was our Mawa campus, which is, is still there. And that school was nothing a lot what I expected a trade school to be like. It was just gorgeous, immaculate. You can eat off the floor, even in the shops. I was blown away. And I was like, oh my God, if I hadn't been uh, forced to go to college, I would have gone here. I would have been a technician and I would have been making some pretty darn good money right now because I love cars. I would have just kept learning and learning and learning and wanting to work obviously for the better uh, brands. And you know that's what a lot of our students do and have done. You know They've done really well for themselves. Uh, God bless them because they've worked so hard, make those connections. And that's what I would have done to your, your point, point, Kate. I would have been uh, a technician. 
you know, instead of going to college. But, you know, it's fine. Here I am. But at least it's available for others to do that. Making that they can make that choice. Absolutely. Now, like a lot of other uh, schools, does Lincoln Tech work with um, student loan people so that the so that it's a little bit easy for students to apply for for to get in and then handle the money? And because if you're if you're going to tech, I would imagine sometimes the the financial resources are not are not always there. Yes, we're an accredited uh, nationally accredited by ACCSE. Uh, so we are a Title IV school, which means that our students have access to financial aid when they apply, depending, of course, on their financial situation, as with any school that you go to, yep. right, depending on what uh, you make, what your parents make, how old you are, determines how much in, in aid you're eligible for, grants, loans, that kind of thing, scholarships as well. We make that available for students, to your point. Uh, the demographic that we serve sometimes needs that that help, right, that lift to be able to to get the training. So, yes, they they do have access to those funds, which is good. That's awesome. How about a oh yeah? How about COVID? Um, I know a lot of schools had to make that transition online, but for a trade school, I don't know if that would have been as easy. Yeah. Well, the the funny thing is, we actually started to teach blended learning as part of our curriculum, which was some online, some in person before COVID even hit. We were well on our way to doing that with our programs. So we did it because it seemed so much easier. Again, for our population, a lot of them had jobs either full-time jobs or day jobs. So they go to the night the, the night classes or whatnot. And it made it so much easier for them to be able to do the hands-on. Like you, you're mentioning, Vin, in the shop, you do the hands-on. You can't do that uh, via computer. Uh, but they were able to get their lecture classes, right? A lot of that stuff out of the way by doing it uh, remote because you didn't have to be in person for that. So we were already there when the pandemic hit. We just kind of had to kick that up a notch, you know, and, and uh, a lot of the um, exceptions that were made by um, uh, federal government, by our, our, our accrediting body to be able to offer more robust online learning. We just had to pivot a little bit, make some adjustments, and so get more of the lecture portion done remotely. And then, of course, as with anything, right, we had to stagger folks in and they had to come in and shift smaller groups. So we had to have more students on a rolling basis coming in to do whatever they had to do. Clinicals were tough, but the clinical aspect of it, even though some folks weren't um, taking students. There were others that were. And so hospitals, for example, that we didn't have a relationship with, we ended up building that relationship during COVID and it, they stand till this day because they needed, they needed folks in there and we needed sites, right? So our students could keep learning. So, so that worked out well. Uh, I have to say we, we, did a, we did a good job of making sure that our students got the training that they needed uh, and staggered it to the point where once everything's ready to open up slowly, Everybody can come back in little by little and, and now back in the classroom. So that's a good thing. Cool. Fantastic. And it takes less than a year to graduate? Yeah, depending on the program. But for the most part, they're short courses. Uh, and that's the whole point of it, right? You come in, you learn what you need to learn to become a technician, a uh, medical assistant, or um, electrician. Well, electrical training. We'll say electrician. You still have to deal some more hours, right? Apprenticeship training to become an electrician uh, under a journeyman. But for automotive technician, diesel, that kind of thing, you just come in, you learn it, and you go out and you do it, right? The rest you you learn on the job because most folks that most companies that hire you, they're going to give you on-the-job training on their equipment, right? Uh, on on their machines and their their uh, protocols, their tactics. So, but yeah, it's 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 in and out, you know. And again, um, much less expensive than going to a, a four-year school. We all Especially messed up. That's not your gig anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally thinking to myself, this would be really fun to do in like in retirement, 
you know, to learn all these cool skills that I that I never was taught. But but then immediately I'm like, how big is the classes? Because I don't want to be like this five foot girl <laughs> trying to like do the whatever autumn. I mean, you know, I, I I was scarred in high school, as I'm sure you can probably imagine by now. <laughs> How many people are going to be making fun of me while I uh, attempt to do this this thing we call learning? <laughs> well, depending on on the program and the class, I would say anywhere. I would say maybe the, an average of like twenty five students a classroom. Okay. I would say based on all the catalogs that I've read in the twenty years that I've been with the company, that's that's about the average that you're going to have. But to your point, there are folks that so we have culinary classes in Maryland and in Connecticut. And I really wish I, I lived closer to those schools because yeah. they'll have workshops like pre-COVID. They would have like cooking seminars and it was like 30 bucks or something and come in and cook and learn and then keep the food and, you know, all that stuff. And they have some wine for the, you know, for the um, folks old enough to drink. And I was like, oh, my God, I would love to go to these cooking classes because the chefs I've gone to the schools for for business. The culinary schools, they'll feed us. You know, it's like, oh, the students are making this and this. You want to try it? Sure. So it's like all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So people will do that. They're retired and they'll go and they're like, oh, I've always wanted to learn how to cook. And yeah, sure, I'll take a cooking class. They'll actually go through the program because they love to entertain. They're at that age and they'll just pay for the program, sometimes just out of pocket, and they'll just learn how to be chefs and yeah. cooks. Not for a job, just to do it, right? Just for fun. Yeah, just for fun. But I, I would love to to um, attend those those cooking seminars. They, they used to do them pre-COVID. Like every, the whole year they had like a calendar, Thanksgiving, uh, for grilling barbecue, Valentine's. They had Valentine's ones where they'd have couples come into the school in Connecticut and have some wine and then learn how to make, you know, something, a dessert or an entree and, and that kind of thing. So that was really neat. I can't wait for that to come back. That's awesome. I can't wait for you. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> and I love to cook. So, you know, for me, it would just be a, it's an added bonus. So. Fantastic. All right, I think we're gonna pause there and take a break. And when we come back, something new. All right, welcome back. It is now time for us to ask a second get to know you question. And today that question is, is there something in your life that you'd like to throw into a volcano given the opportunity for zero consequences? Wow. I know. The chance of a one. lifetime. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you when we were coming up with this question, the um the thing that I thought of was this vase that's been in our house for like 15 years now. And my wife got it as a uh, gift. And it's like basically from my pecs, let's say, up to the top of my head. This thing was gigantic and gaudy, and I've never liked it. And I've always made little jokes about how like one day I'm just going to knock into it accidentally and it's going to tumble to the ground and break. And I have complained and moaned about this so much that while we were talking about this, like while we were coming up with the question, my wife is in the background and she's just like, fine. <laughs> she finally got rid of it. She so, got the hint. Yes, if this show has made no other positive impact on the world in our 103, 104 episodes, the destruction of the vase <laughs> will have made it all worth it. Your quality of life is at least slightly improved. Yes. <laughs> that's too funny wow i mean i would love to just grab everything that's in my garage and do that because i want to be able to park the cars in there yeah Ooh, that's a good one just, just it, like with a big bulldozer just yeah 
You know what I mean? So what what is it mostly? Is it um, ah, what would you say is is taking up the space? Like old exercise equipment? Like I'm trying to think of the stuff people throw in the garage and get rid of, like tools that never get used, kids stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the tools are in the shed. Uh, and and, and the little tools that I have. Or like seven years ago, kids stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like stuff that they don't even remember. It's down there anymore. They're too old to play with. They're 13 and nine now. So, I mean, we're talking really, really old stuff, you know, and you things that have. Uh, donate and they would never know. They would never yes. know. Yeah. But then you know, I think he was that. just saying it's got sentimental value, right? Yeah. Some stuff does. Some stuff does. The stuff of sentimental value, I think, is, is actually tucked away on shelves, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not in the way. The other stuff is like, mm, it's just a matter of boxing it up and finding the time to get rid of it. Away. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep it away. Take it, you know. Yeah. It's in good shape, though. That's good. At least it's yeah. in good shape. I don't know. If it's, if it's not in good shape, though, then you could just toss it and have no guilt. And it's a quicker process, I feel like. It is a quicker process. Yeah, remember, the, the point of the broken. conversation was no consequences, right? That means no guilt, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, then I would definitely do that. Nice. Yeah, no, no, I don't want to say, like, you know, just take a weekend, but you'd be surprised. I, I occasionally, like, go into an area of the house where, you know, you don't look at a certain corner enough and, you know, you're just like, you kind of assume you know what's in there. And so you start opening up boxes and you're like, what is this? And you just start tossing things because you, you just thought you knew what was there, but you really don't, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Stuff just builds up over time because we moved. Uh, we're in Fairfield now. We we moved here. Gosh, it's uh, a little over three years now. And so all the stuff came with you. <laughs> well, we got that's the thing. We got rid of a lot of stuff, but we still have stuff. Yeah. Like, Why do we still have stuff? And now it's just like now it's beginning to grow again. The mound is growing. Yep. Yeah. Well, it, it scales, yeah. it rolls. So like you, you had yeah. the three-year-old stuff and now you're storing the four-year-old stuff and then the five-year-old stuff, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. How old I'm did you say exactly. the kids were? 13 and nine. 13 and nine. Mm. Yeah, we just overhauled the 13-year-old's bedroom because she outgrew the loft bed that she had. So we're in that stage right now with her Aww. of making <laughs> the bedroom conducive to her personality and Teenager, life stage. Yeah. Yes, teenager. life stage. That's the thing. Tons of fun. Okay, were you nice <laughs> as a teenager? That, I was not, I don't think. I remember conversations with my parents wherein they would just be totally exasperated by something that I thought was completely reasonable. Like Right. In your teenage mind, what's the yeah. big deal? Right. Actually, okay, this is funny. I can remember being in a conversation, like my parents sat me down to be like, we just don't understand why you feel the need. Why makeup? You, you're you're just perfectly fine looking. I don't understand why makeup. And I was like full drama because I have your eyelashes. I need them. Wow, you took it there. You were like, because of you. <laughs> I was going to say, there was a change. Wow. There was an old episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Dewey, the youngest kid, really wanted something. And so he's making a presentation to his parents about what he wants. And it's like a PowerPoint 
or something. And he's like making these excellent points. And then we see what the parents are looking at. And it's just him on the floor. Like, I want it, I want it, I want it. So maybe our, you know, things sound a lot more reasonable than they really are. Yeah, I don't think I was reasonable at all. I think in retrospect, I was very unreasonable, but that's okay. We're, we're in a good place now. How, how long did that take? I think once I made that really valid argument that obviously I need mascara because their DNA was just not that great. Um, yeah. It took like five more years, you know, no big deal. Five more years. I thought you were going to say they just like went out to the store all defeated, like here. <laughs> <laughs> no, my parents are like sturdy Midwestern people. And so like me having that temper tantrum just made them just double down. They were like, oh, you right. think so? <laughs> wow. <laughs> of course. So if the answer is no, then I'm just going to find a way around it. So right, I yeah. have like a little bit of spending money. So I would just buy the stuff, keep it at school, use it at school, and then try to take it off before I got home. Like How it was successful were you at that? Pretty successful. Oh, wow. <laughs> well done. Well done. Listen, when we're young, we find a work around to everything, right? Just to do what 100%. we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> when you do. Speaking but of when, when did, we're young, though. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was going to say, but when when did you um, finally realize that you tortured your parents? Like, I want to know how much longer my wife, yeah. Giselle, and I have until our really teenage daughter says. Is it really torturing your parents to want makeup? <laughs> Thank <laughs> but no, you, No, but baby. there are other things. There are other things that teenagers do. And in this yeah. case, teenage girls. And it's like, my God. Awful. Yeah, no, I can remember being like 16 or 17 and totally realizing that I had acted unreasonably over something and like saying to my mom, like, sorry about that. And she was like, that's okay. <laughs> and you know, once I got into college and I watched my mom, cause I'm the oldest, I was watching my mom and dad deal with my brother and sister who are younger. And I would call home and my, my mom would be like, oh, I had to put a lock on the liquor cabinet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I'm not going to say who that was. <laughs> but um yeah like they actually got off pretty easy with me but also it was none of it was any picnic and I never had kids and so it's hard for me to 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 experience it and you know in the moment be like oh god I'm so sorry my parents are you know but I do in retrospect I, I realize I was not a picnic <laughs> I think the big one that I remembered even at the time thinking was the um the rides so we uh we did, We lived just far enough away from the school that we couldn't like walk there or bike there. There were major highways in between. Yeah. And I remember we were, my brother and I were both involved in a lot of extracurricular activities. And so we always, always needed rides to and from the school. And um, I remember thinking, even at the time, like this has got to be super annoying. So big shout out to my mom and dad who drove me back and forth to the school multiple times a day. You know, I appreciated it then. I probably didn't say it, but I appreciate it now too. And like you were saying, Kate, like now that I actually have kids, you know, you were saying you never put yourself in that frame of mind. I'm already there. Like I can already see like this is coming down the pike and how annoying it's going to be. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. But, Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of when we're young, um, I wanted to ask before and I completely forgot when is there anything Lincoln Tech is doing to reach out to younger students, um, kind of get them aware? Because, you know, like you were saying before, not a, especially with your parents and your teachers pushing you in the college direction, they might not even be aware or, you know, anything that you guys are a viable option. So talk about that a little bit. 
Sure. So we try to get involved with activities that kind of engage the public. So we did Carchella in Atlantic City last year, which was a really big show. DJ Envy was there. They have cars, they have other personalities and quite a turnout, right? So it's not just about Lincoln Tech, it's about all those folks and, and that, that scene, right? That, that car culture, uh, in that case, we do the uh, auto show as well in New York when the auto show takes place. I Javits believe, Center? Yeah, at the Javits Center, I believe this year, they're, they're coming back full-fledged in person. And uh, that's a big one. You know, we'll, we'll get um, high school students that have shown an interest or those that have already enrolled but haven't started yet because they're, they're finishing up their, their, their schooling. And we'll bring them in, right? It's, it's all included. You don't have to pay for anything. We just kind of bust them in, give them tickets, walk around the show. Uh, and, and they'll bring their friends who have not yet decided on what to do. And again, just kind of give them an idea of, of, of what that's all about. Because uh, when we do the Javits Center, there's actually a competition that takes place downstairs in Hall 1E. It's, it's the um, automotive technology competition. So you'll get the best of the best students from high schools, technical high schools around the country. They'll come in and compete. Then you'll have big manufacturers that'll bring in their cars as uh, aids, training aids, to be able to go through that whole process and, and trying to figure out what's wrong with the car. So, so we'll do events like that to, to engage the public and, and get the word out. You know, we send folks out to high schools, but we, don't, we can't always get to everybody. You know, um, some high schools are, are, are easier to work with and, and be able to get the word out on, on the training that we provide. So for the most part, we rely on having those relationships with uh, radio personalities or or, or online personalities and, and those events and, and having those folks come out. We um, actually have a partnership now with, with Kindig and that's a collision repair, right? Um, modifying cars and getting folks into that as well that, that like to, to do that part of the business, right? Which is, which is the aftermarket modifications of a vehicle. So that, that stuff is fun. And it's, it's what, they, what the, um, the younger folks wanna do, right? The younger generation wants to do as far as, as their career goes. Because there's so much you can do creatively, and sometimes you don't really think about it, and you can apply it to the trades, even welding. I've seen some of our students do some really cool welding things. And so between that and getting involved in Skills USA, which is another thing, again, tailored to high schools, where, where students from different high schools go to the events, uh, either in Kansas City or I think it's in Indianapolis now. And, um, you know, that, that's how we get the word out uh, on our programs and our training and all the things that we do to the younger folks, to your point. That's brilliant. I mean, I actually went to the car show a few times. That's how I knew where it was. But um, just to say like, hey, you're interested in cars? We've got this whole thing going on. But yeah, I, I loved that show. I remember um, as a movie fan, every once in a while, they'd have something like I remember they had the Terminator endoskeleton one year that I guess one of the car companies made. And then they've yeah. always got those cool concept cars. So it's a lot of fun. And I could totally see how that would appeal to kids, you know? Absolutely. Funny story. Um, one year when I was still doing that and when I was in the marketing department, um, Funkmaster Flex lent us a few of his cars. So he restored some vintage cars. We had a Gran Torino, we had um, a Chevelle, <laughs> and gosh, the third one might have been a Camaro, but I'm not 100% sure. I know we had a Gran Torino and a Chevelle for sure. And so I've never driven a classic car before, right? So these cars, the years that these cars were, were pre-power brakes pre-power <laughs> steering. And I didn't know what that was, right? I, I was born into the power steering, power yeah. brakes vehicle. So so we we got them into the loading docks, which are in the bowels of the Javits Center. I don't know if you guys have ever wandered into there, but yeah. it's all, all the behind the scenes stuff. So, you know, he has um, the rig brings in the cars, right? Cars come up, but now guess what? The cars have to be driven from the dock 
into the space and you have to go in these narrow corridors where all these columns are and stuff. So, so we managed to get them in, no problem. It's time to get the cars out. Everything's over, you know, the car show's done. And so I'm behind the wheel. I believe it was the Gran Torino. And I mean, he, he has modified these cars. So these engines are very powerful and the car just wants to go. So I'm hanging onto the steering wheel, dear life with all the strength in me, pressing down on the brake. I'm not even, I'm not even hitting the gas, right? The car's idling, but it's like going, going, going. And I'm desperately trying to pull the steering wheel and <laughs> I get the car out. My, my coworker at the time, you know, a younger guy was there, had just joined our team a little while earlier. He's driving the Chevelle and I hear, you know, I get the car parked, I'm going to get out. And I hear all these workers, right, because they're looking at the cars and all these workers are going, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, what happened? He drove into a column <laughs> with the car and he oh. dented the whole door. I was like, oh, my God. So, you know, he's nervous. He's a wreck. I'm like, just here, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. So you have all these guys, all, all the union guys are there. They're really cool. They're trying to help out. They're like trying to give us directions. Oh, yeah, that'll bump right out. <laughs> Yeah, that'll bump right yeah. out. So car off the platform, he he's he's a wreck. I'm like, don't worry about it, it's fine. What he's gonna send us the bill. You know, yeah. what are you gonna do? Yeah. So Flex was cool about it, you know, he's just laughing. Of course, he he does his stuff, you know, with uh, whatever company he uses to to do his cars, so he just fixes the damage, sends the bill. All is good. But I, I was just I think it was a funny story just to watch the poor kid's face just go oh, white yeah. when he realized he just drove. Uh, one of our partners uh, restored cars into a cement column. It I has to say, I didn't even know what power steering was until it went off on me on the road. Like my power steering failed and suddenly, you know, you, you're just normal. And then it's like, there's no, there, there goes from being resistance to not being resistance just immediately. And, you know, you start drifting like, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I can only imagine that was me with at the time with my $8,000 Versa. I can only imagine, you know, a Gran Torino or a Camaro or something awesome. You know? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, it was good times. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> but looping back around, say the, you know, I'm, I'm a student and I am um, I'm interested in this kind of thing. You know, wh where do I go to get information on it? So you can find a lot of information uh, online, of course, right? Uh, we have all social media channels, uh, Facebook channels, Twitter, Instagram, uh, as I mentioned, our, our, our regular web page. Uh, give us a call, chat. There's so many different ways that people can reach out and get in touch with us to get more information on the training programs that we provide uh, all across the country. And, and even if you are interested in a program that maybe is not offered in New Jersey, for example, there's um, other manufacturers programs that we have in other parts of the country, whether it's Audi or BMW um, in, in the Midwest or the South, just, you know, you can go and get the regular training. I call it right. The, the uh, your, your basic training here. And then if you qualify, go out and finish your training there, you know, so, so it's, um, it's reaching out to us and, and we're happy to give all that information out. And it's, it's a lot of opportunities out there. You know, you'd be surprised, how many manufacturers are willing to pay for your tuition, your room and board, depending on the program, just to get you trained and working for them. You know, it's, it's the need is, is out there. And I didn't really realize it as much until I started to go out and talk to employers. And, you know, that, that's been um, eye-changing, uh, uh, changing my perception of, of, of how, uh, how much of a need there is 
So yeah, yeah we've talked to a number of manufacturers problem. over the years who have said, you know, that they've got open positions and they can't fill them because they can't find people with the skills. And so, yeah, right. definitely. Right, exactly. I always thought it was just, um, oh, is, is it really that much of a, oh yeah, there is quite the need out there. I mean, manufacturers sponsor our classrooms. Like they'll literally take it upon themselves to put, they'll paint the classrooms for us. They'll put the logos and the decals, make it look super cool because they want to get their names there in front of the students from day one. So by the time they graduate, they're thinking, hmm, what do I want to go to work? Oh, you know, that company that sponsored my favorite classroom in that auto tech program. Let me try that. So they try a way to get in front of students, that's for sure. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. This is there anything oh, oh, sorry. No, I, no, I, I was, was going to say, is there anything coming up you want to promote? <laughs> uh, well, uh, one of the things uh, I mentioned, the auto show. Hopefully uh, everything will be in person. We're ready to go. We're going to be a part of that. So we'll be there again for people to come and check us out. Uh, and uh, one of the things that we're involved in right now is we just, uh, sorry, just began a partnership with Rebuilding Together, which is like a Habitat for Humanity organization that rehabs homes. And we're doing it in partnership with them to give back to the communities that we serve where we have our campuses and uh, also to kind of highlight the skill trades, right? Electricians, HVAC all those programs that we have uh, offered, that we offer training in, giving those uh, students, faculty, staff, still everyone um, at, our, at our company to be able to give back and, and take part in that and, and showcase the skills that they've learned, right? As much as they can going out there to rehab these homes for, for the less fortunate, those that are victims of, of storm damage, you know, weather related or, or just things that need to be taken care of. So it's, it's a really, really exciting partnership. I know everybody's excited about it, they're on board. We should be kicking it off in April, so. That's our cockatiel. Please ignore the noise. <laughs> like, what is that pterodactyl in the background? You're just out of my cocktail? chair. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so yeah, that's what we're, we're working on right now. It's it's brand new. Uh, we just signed it. Uh, we're donating twenty two thousand dollars to the organization. So we're really excited to have that partnership. That's awesome. That's if somebody yeah. wants to get a hold of you. How can they do it? Oh, uh, me personally. Sure. Shoot me an they email. Want to talk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shoot me an email. Look me up on on LinkedIn. I'm I'm there. And if you look me up on Twitter, I'm at uh, Careers for Everyone. Awesome. Careers number four, every the number one. Fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, that was a fantastic conversation. I'm so glad we did this. Um, thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We really appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. And finally, thanks to Frank Galindo of Lincoln Tech for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. It's been a fun conversation. Lots of fun talking to you guys. Thank you. Uh, the pleasure was ours. It really was. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye.